A star-spanning saga of ancient magic and deep science, vividly told by a modern master, says Dave Gibbons. Kelly Sue DeConnick states, The kind of epic you crave, both noun and adjective. And that doesn't even quite capture Liam Sharp's astonishing scope and vision. There's magic in these pages. Matt Fraction calls it jaw-dropping and epic and massive. He also says this is a gorgeous and incredible and massive swing for the stars that declares his ambitions have taken him to some exciting and undiscovered territories. Bravo, congrats, cheers, and exhale. This is glorious. What are they all talking about? Liam Sharp's upcoming six-issue series, Starhenge, from Image Comics. Liam himself says of the series, I wanted to do my own Image Comic for 30 years. I wanted to do a Merlin comic for even longer than that. This is a culmination of so many dreams and ambitions of mine finally being realized, and that makes it the most exciting and personal comic project I've ever done. I can't wait to see it on the shelves. It's also been described as a mashup of the Green Knight and Terminator with all the Arthurian legends, time travel, and killer robots that entails, plus Merlin, magic, and mayhem. The first issue debuts in comic shops on July 6th, with final order cut off on June 13th. So now's the time to tell your retailers to order you a copy. Welcome to another episode of The Comic Source. I'm your host, Jace. Real treat for you today. We're going to be talking about a new line that maybe you've heard about, maybe you haven't. It's coming from Robert Kirkman's Skybound imprint over at Image. It's called Comet. It's their young adult initiative. And I have the editor of that line, Alex Antone, a veteran of the comic industry, joining me to tell us all about it. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. Very, very exciting to be here. Again, uh, no one can see this, but you have a wonderful Skybound <laughs> Comet background on your Zoom. It's getting me excited about seeing all those books in one place. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a diverse lineup. We'll talk about that a little bit toward the end, everybody, uh, of some of the books uh, that have been announced so far and the creative teams. But I really, the reason I wanted to bring Alex on, uh, and I'm going to have him give a little bit of his resume. He's been around for a long time. He's, a, he's been a, a part of a lot of awesome comics that you've uh, heard about on the editorial side. Uh, but the YA is such a great growing part. You know, people talk about the gloom and doom, comics are dying, whatever. Uh, the actual sales, especially of graphic novels, and especially in the YA space, tell a completely different story. Uh, so it's great to see that Skybound is uh, is getting involved in that. And so I wanted to talk uh, through that a little bit. So, uh, but as I said, Alex, before we get started, why don't you let everybody know uh, what's your role at, at Skybound? Um, what are some of the, the projects you've worked on at other publishers in the past that they uh, may have heard about? Sure. Um, yeah. So I'm a senior editor at Skybound. I've been at Skybound for about two years uh, a little over two years now at this point. Um, my 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 role is that I'm in charge of this new exciting imprint called Skybound Comet. Uh, that is uh, a young a young readers imprint and young readers in the way that we're defining it is everything from middle grade to YA. So middle grade being eight to twelve, uh, YA being sort of twelve plus. I don't like to put a 
a high end on the YA uh, spectrum because I feel like YA can be read by basically anybody. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's my main my main job is uh, is working on this this imprint. Uh, you know, when I joined Skybound, it didn't have a name. It was just a a twinkle in somebody's eye that was we were we were, we were you know wanting to do this imprint, wanting to get into this space, and we didn't really know how to do it. And they they've they've shown a lot of trust in me, and we've brought a lot of great people on board. Uh, to help sort of grow this thing um, into into now, I think what what is shaping up to be a successful launch. So we're excited about it. Um, yeah, that's that's my main role at Skybound. But just like anybody at Skybound, we, we're a small but mighty team, and we kind of pitch in all over the place. Um, so I, I've edited some non young readers books at Skybound. Um, but before that, I was at DC for eight years, um, and I edited pretty much everything that one could edit at DC from licensed comics to TV tie-in comics to uh, custom comics. My favorite one being the, uh, the Gatorade uh, uh, comics that I worked on that uh, we did like a Peyton Manning comic book um, as a football fan. That was a highlight. Um, and then at the, the last five years I was at DC, I was like firmly DC universe. So doing the in universe stuff. And I was mainly in charge of sort of the teen Titans and uh, young, which, which is an odd sort of parallel for the, my career, but uh, a lot of the sort of younger character books um, in the main line, but also like Deathstroke. I edited Deathstroke with Christopher Priest, which was a, another career highlight and um, did a lot of the anthologies at DC for a long time. So uh, it was it was a great training ground, um, but now I'm excited to be at Skybound and excited to do original things. It's a totally different skill set, but um, one I'm, I'm slowly but surely learning and getting better at, I think, and, and I'm excited about all the books that we're doing. Yeah, so it sounds like you really uh, helped lay the foundation for this Comet line. You know, you said it didn't even have a name when you uh, when you came over. Uh, what are some of the, the challenges? I mean, is it very different? Obviously, it's a little more long form than doing, you know, monthly comics, only 20 pages. These tend to be a little bit longer. So what are some of the, the challenges what what helped you uh, from your editorial background to get this off the ground and what maybe were some habits you had to sort of put put aside? Like, oh, we don't yeah. do that this way for this sort of format. Well, the, I definitely uh, had to get over the instant gratification of doing monthly comics. <laughs> that okay. was that Fair. was something that I got very used to. Just the the going to co- the comics factory and making a comic every month, or making six to eight comics every month, uh, you know, was was something that you kind of didn't even have time to think about it. <laughs> you just had to do it. Um, versus at, at at Skybound and doing these graphic novels, they've definitely been much longer development cycles. Um, I mean, some of these books were in the works even before I started at Skybound and they're still not out yet. <laughs> so uh, it definitely, um, it's, it's a lot. I, I like it because I think ultimately it's going to get a better end product, but I also, there's a, the, the dark side to it is, you know, sometimes you, uh, you have too much time <laughs> to right. do something and you, and you, you know, I, I find that, I find that the best things are done with like a good idea and not quite enough time. And so it forces you to kind of make decisions and just go. And uh, uh, we we tried to take that approach with these, obviously, because we do need to get our, our books out uh, on schedule and all of that. But yeah, having, having uh, a lot more time between the, you know, in, uh, the acquisition of the book and to, to the point in which you actually send the book off to the printer, you know, one, two, three years, you know, sometimes with these books is, is a lot. And so that's, you really have to, 
love it. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I've learned is you really have to be passionate about something. And I think that um, that kind of helps with the acquisition process because you really go like, okay, do I want to work on this book for three years? <laughs> and if the answer is yes, then it probably means it's, it's good and you're passionate about it and you're excited about it. And, and I think you need that in order to be a successful editor, because you need to be engaged and you need to be interested in, in the thing. And um, if it feels like, ah, uh, you know, this may be, even if it's like a good idea or if it's something that's, you know, something that seems like it might be successful, if you're not really that into it, you know, I, I, I think you're going to lose interest over the course of, of three years. So I think that's that's what we've, we've really tried to keep it to the projects. That's Skybounded. I think that's actually kind of generally the skybound ethos is like just really do the stuff that you care about and that you really want to do and that you're passionate about because it takes a lot it takes a lot to make a comic book a lot of patience a lot of resources a lot of you know just just continued attention and um that's definitely a big difference between making a monthly comic and making a a graphic novel um Unless yeah. you're Chili Walden, in which case she can draw, you know, 250 pages in like an hour. So it's uh, she's she's a, a very <laughs> special circumstance. <laughs> yeah. And I should mention, everybody, uh, I had a chance to talk to Tilly about her her project, Clementine, which we'll touch on uh, a little bit later. So that interview is coming uh, a, a little bit later. She is well. an excellent interview. Uh, I've seen a bunch of interviews with her and uh, she she always does such a good job. I'm looking yeah. forward to hearing that one. <laughs> yeah, she's she's fantastic. I wanted to go back to, to what you're saying about kind of that, that, you know, instant gratification, you know, relatively speaking of uh, yeah. the monthly comic where, yeah, you, you're putting your heart into soul, heart and soul into something, and then you get a chance to see it, you know, month in, month, month out. I think it goes back to what you're saying is you got to be passionate about this because yeah. you're putting a lot of yourself into it over a longer period of time yeah. without necessarily that reward of, of seeing it out there in the world. But at the same time, there's the other flip side, right? There's always a nervous sort of, you know, oh, are people going to, is this going to be successful? Are people, is this? Uh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. You, you start going like this, this, we're putting a lot of time and effort into this and we don't even know if it's going to do well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that side. And, and again, it, it, when you have more stuff to churn through faster, you don't really, you don't get a chance to react versus this is, you know, and I, I, again, I genuinely believe taking the time and effort that, that we have has resulted in some fantastic books and it's, it's posing, you know, uh, it's shaping up to be a successful launch and the initial numbers are good and all that but uh, yeah the, the the wait time of like this is a lot of time to put into something that we're not really sure is is actually going to connect uh yeah it's 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 just but that's just the nature of publishing you know and that's yeah. that would be the same with prose that would be the same with graphic novels um and anything in the in the book industry is this long long timeline you have to have the book done like a year in advance really um for for marketing and yeah. so there's a whole whole different cycle of doing you know um doing the marketing lead up doing book tours doing mm -hmm. uh you know uh, library events school events um it's a it's a it's a completely different business than you know uh, sort of the standard uh um uh, you know, comic book uh, uh, business. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a, a big learning curve, but it's been a really fun process to learn about. Yeah. Well, I think uh, there'll be a, a bit of a release of, of pressure and nervousness when that first wave hits. Uh, I mean, they're fantastic. The first wave is fantastic. I mean, all, all the books that have been announced sound fantastic with this first wave, especially. Uh, but then, like you said, I think there will be the, the, the other part where, okay, now you've got a lot of plates spinning because Here's the thing. You've got the first wave and they're out there for the world. And hey, great. Good reaction. 
it doesn't mean you stop working on the other, right? So (laughs) it's almost like your workload, once the first wave is out, it's almost like your workload increases, right? You're still doing everything you were before the first wave was coming out and producing upcoming stuff. But then, like you said, you've got the marketing and, you know, distribution. Oh, yeah, the cycle. I mean, and that's that's really what what book publishing is versus comic publishing. You're continuing to push this stuff for hopefully indefinitely, right. <laughs> you know, and you're just, hopefully you do another printing and another printing and, and, and you just keep going. And uh, that's how you end up with a, with a strong backlist. And um, yeah, the, the, the work truly never ends. Uh, that's, that's hundred percent true. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting work and, and it's, it makes it easier when you love the books and you love the creators that you're working with for sure. Yeah. We, we mentioned at the top how successful YA has been uh, recently, uh, with, you know, uh, the, the Dogman books, anything Raina Telgemeier does, basically. Um, you have a unique perspective, obviously, because you've come over from, from you know, a past work at DC doing that monthly grind, like we talked about. Uh, and now you're, you've, for the last two years, you've been focused on on this YA thing. So I think you have a unique perspective for this next question. And that that's, uh, how important do you see the YA space in, in bringing new readers in, whether it's it's just to read the graphic novel form or to eventually maybe dabble in monthly form as well. Like, where do you see it? How, how important is it to uh, a publisher like like Image or, or Skybound specifically? Yeah, I, I think it's extremely important. And I, I also want to make the distinction that I don't think it's just YA. I think it's also middle grade. And I think there's even like early readers comics now mm-hmm. that are also very important. Um to bringing in new readers. Cause I think, you know, when, when I didn't really start reading comics until I was like in high school or college, really, that was when I, you know, really, really got into it. Um, it, it wasn't a situation where I was, a lot of people talk today about like, Oh, it's really good for reluctant readers or it's really good for, I, I often think, I actually don't like that term, but I, I understand where it comes from. And I, I feel like, if I'm a kid and I don't want to do my homework and reading sort of feels like homework sometimes, if there are like nice, pretty pictures to look at while I'm doing it, then maybe that's the difference between feeling like I'm doing work and having fun. And, you know, uh, which which I think is, is, is great to instill sort of that reading is supposed to be fun. Certainly can be fun. It can be work too, but I think, uh, um, where I'm coming from and where all these comic book publishers are coming from and, and book publishers are coming from is a place of like, Hey, this, this is entertainment. This is fun. This should be a, a, a good time. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's just exposing readers to comics at a younger age. Um, and it's not necessarily your, your Spider-Man and your uh, Batman and all of that, which, which, uh, you know, obviously no stranger to and, and, and love, but uh, it's also showing, kids and and parents that you know comics aren't just that it's not just people that beat other people up <laughs> there's and and it's adjacent to you know the, the the thriving sort of manga industry right now which is you know i've seen manga in in publishing you know surge and then wane and then surge again and then wane again and i'm sure this is a similar you know it's going to follow a similar trajectory but you're right seeing things like dogman reina um, there, there are those big hits that just become like, there isn't a, <laughs> there isn't a parent that I talk to who has a kid that is you know, so six to 10 that hasn't read Dogman at this right. point, which is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think, you know, if, if we, we were having this conversation 10 years ago, 
that it would be that, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a totally new world that we're living in from a comic book publishing standpoint. And, and you've seen it because every, every publisher has a graphic novel, young readers imprint now. And not just, I'm not just talking about comic book publishers. I'm talking about book publishers as well. So clearly people think there's a lot of money to be made. Uh, but also I think people see an opportunity to, uh, get kids to read in a, in a, in a way that maybe they, um, you know, didn't have as an option before. And I think every, as a parent being able to give my kid a book to read versus giving them, you know, uh, YouTube to watch, right? Uh, which, which I definitely do that as well. But uh, I, you know, I, I really, I see the value in that. And I also, you know, I, this is sort of a rambling answer, but I, I always, I got into comics to make books, make comics for people that didn't necessarily read comics because I loved the experience of discovering comics for the first time because it felt like I was discovering a whole new world Mm-hmm. And, and it, like, not only the, the stories, but also the culture behind comics and, and just like going to Comic-Con for the very first time was like a totally eye-opening experience where I finally felt like I'd found my people. And, <laughs> and like, it was, you know, I love, I loved that experience of, of learning, you know, getting into comics for the very first time. And I, and I want to do that for other people. And I've always wanted to do that for other people since I started. So even when I was making in continuity DC comics, which many people would, you know, say that's just impenetrable. Uh, I always tried to sometimes successfully, sometimes not think of it as like, what if someone had never read a comic before? And this is their first one. Is there something about this that they're going to like, or something about this that's going to make them want to read more comics? And I think in, the, in to just getting back to your question, in the in the ideal world, in the in the comics utopia, <laughs> the way I think we're all envisioning, you start reading your you know early readers comics, you you graduate to Dogman and Reina, and you read everything there, and then you keep getting older, and you start reading some edgier YA, you start reading Laura Dean keeps breaking up with you, and and uh, you know uh, Laura Olympus, and you keep you keep getting older and older and older, and and yes, then you. You start reading Batman Year One. You start reading The Killing Joke, and you start reading, you know, uh, everything from Marvel and DC. And and what's cool is there is so much out there that you you could read comics your entire life, and uh, and you still wouldn't have read everything. You still probably would have there would be genres and and subgenres that you haven't explored yet, and um, and certainly some that you could just get super deep into. So uh, yeah, I think I think having comics for all ages is really important. And um, because that's that's the comic book world that I want to live in, which is people reading comics at six and 60. Yeah. I, everybody who listens to this podcast will know that I, I, what kind of my motto, what I preach is I, I believe there's a comic book out there for everybody. And even somebody who says, I'm not a comic book fan. They just haven't read the right comic. You match up the right reader with the right comic. That's their gateway. And then it opens up the whole world. And yeah, like you said, your first time when you went to Comic-Con, hey, I found my people. There are a lot of people that, you know, are socially awkward, maybe, you know, don't have something in common with, you know, other people or, or you know, there's common, you can find common ground by find, finding the comic fans that like the comics that you like. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and again, there are so many, it's amazing. It's, and you start reading things that are on like Webtoon and Tapas and like the, the genres and the subgenres and the, and the sort of strange uh, uh, premises just 
never a stop. You know, it's it's a, it's it's really. I think we're living in a in a in a comic sort of golden era, a new yeah. golden era right now, which Agreed. is you know, it's it's really fascinating. And and you know, whether Marvel and DC are doing better or worse, it doesn't really matter. Like you said, comics as a whole are doing great. And it you know, just because things are diversifying from a content standpoint, you know, it doesn't detract from anything else, in my opinion. I think it just adds to the greater whole. Yeah, agreed. Golden age of story, golden age of diversity, no matter what you like, romance, western sci-fi superheroes yeah. horror it there there's tons of great stories out and there. i can still go back and read amazing spider-man any any yeah. day <laughs> exactly exactly and i do <laughs> it does not and all this new stuff does not invalidate anything that's that's exactly. come before uh well i know robert kirkman's a really smart guy business-wise uh and also he's an amazing idea guy so is, uh sean mankowitz the uh, editor over there executive editor over there uh, so beyond the financial, which you, which you kind of mentioned, everybody's kind of getting into this younger reader YA space because it's just a, such a big space and there's so much money to be made. But I know Robert's not going to do something just because it makes money. He, he cares sure. more about the, the creative side. So I've learned that. Yeah. So, so what, <laughs> what else was it? Was it just a desire to and, and the, the, the feeling that, hey, there's still other voices that need to be brought into the, the uh, younger reader space that uh, kind of spurred this idea for uh, skybound yeah. to do a YA. I think, division. I think on a base level, um, nothing at skybound is, is ever done. I mean, and this goes back to Robert for sure, but I think as a, as a company, David Albert, you know, Sean sort of have created this atmosphere at skybound where it really is about passion. And it really is about like what excites you because ultimately it's going to get the best work out right. of somebody. If you if you love it, if you're excited about it and you're passionate about it, um, and I think that's really where this came from. It's just like a desire to make these kinds of books because we saw opportunity and we also saw other books being made at other publishers that were great. And we said, we could, we have something to add to this gotcha. and, yeah. and we can, you know, we can bring the skybound brand of storytelling and elevated genre and like sort of emotional, uh, uh, um, you know, family uh, uh, centric um, books that we, that, that Robert Kirkman has done and, and that, and that Skybound has done, we can bring this to, you know, a different age range and it doesn't really, you know, certainly changes how many bad words we can put in the book and how many uh, decapitations we can have. But uh, you know, the storytelling principles are still the same. And uh, I think that's, you know, and as a parent, you know, I know Sean is a parent, Robert's a parent, David Alpert is a parent. We all have kids of varying ages that like want to read comics. And I know for me, I have a young daughter, she's four and a half. So she hasn't uh, really started reading yet. Although she's pretty good for four and a half. I am <laughs> uh, um, so excited to be making books that she can read in, in the next few years. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as our, our middle grade books go. So I think that's honestly like the, the basics of where it came from. It's just like, yeah, we, we want to do good stuff. We, we want to do good stuff in this area. Anyway, we also want to do stuff for our kids and maybe for our inner kid, <laughs> you know, but, that uh, would have loved to have read some of these kinds of books um, as a kid. And, and I think definitely I, it also has helped us to reach out to a different kind of storyteller um, that maybe we have in the past, because, you know, I, I think sometimes the direct market gets a little bit more entrenched in art style and the type of stories that you can tell um, genre wise, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just the way that it is. And I, I have found more, more diversity um, in sort of the young reader stuff 
um, especially in terms of genre. Uh, and so doing more like romance and doing, um, doing things that aren't, you know, adjacent necessarily to a superhero book, which is kind of what, what everything else is, um, has been great. And also working with different kinds of people that have different perspectives. I was, I was thinking about this the other day that just in terms of how much content we all consume now, the fact like every, we've, we've experienced every story (laughs) at this point, like every version of every story we've kind of already experienced, especially at this point. Um, and I think more and more that's going to be the case. You're going to get very story savvy young people coming up that are like, I've seen and watched and read so many things because everything is available all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think what people are going to be drawn to in the future isn't necessarily, and and now isn't necessarily the story, but the perspective. Um, And I think that is what I've definitely, you know, we, I have been trying to um, foster with Comet is different kinds of people that maybe haven't told their story before, even if it's a similar story that something you've seen, the perspective has changed and it has a fresh coat of paint on it. And it feels, it feels fresh and new because of the person who is telling it. Um, I think that is, uh, I think that's a, wor- a worthwhile mission. It's something that makes, that makes sense commercially as well. And I think uh, I, that, that's definitely something that we've been, we've been trying to, uh, to do is just, just work with different kinds of people that, that have you know, necessarily worked with, uh, you know, the comic book publishers in the past. Yeah, you sort and, of and coming from all walks of life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you sort of preemptively answered my, my next question, which was, okay, you you get recruited, you're gonna be, you know, running this comet line. Uh, now you gotta, you know, develop it. Okay, who who do I recruit? How why do I cast the net? Do I want to get people who haven't done comics before, or at least maybe not traditional comics or voices that, that aren't heard? And you kind of spoke to that, but uh kind of as a follow-up, how daunting was that? I mean, it was almost like, okay, here's the keys to this, you know, awesome kingdom not real didn't sound like there's a whole lot of structure when you started so how how hard was it to kind of okay wh- like where do i start it's almost like you know uh, yeah first time you jump in an open source video game it's like you sure. don't even know where to start right yeah i mean i think i think it wasn't it was certainly daunting but it wasn't as uh unfocused as you might think uh because because again I've got 10 years of skybound to draw upon for like identity you know it's 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 gotcha. really it's you know and and I came in, you know, I remember doing the interview and going, are we going to do a Walking Dead YA book, right? <laughs> and the answer was, yes, we definitely are. And so I was like, great. Okay, this is this is great because I know kind of what our tentpole is going to be inevitably. There's not another thing that we could have done that like, you know, potentially could have been more successful than a Walking Dead YA book as a, as a flagship title. So knowing that, you know, hiring the right person was daunting <laughs> but uh uh once once we knew once i knew that and then books like everyday hair machine boy and sea serpents air were already in progress basically when i when i started and and once i got a look at what those books were um it became very clear to me what what this imprint was um gotcha. which is, is, is genre elevated genre and heart i think heart needs to be at the center of all these stories um and, and, and it is, and I, I really, like, you will fall in love with the lead characters of all three of these launch books, um, because you, you will, you will deeply empathize with them and you will really care about them and you will want to see them succeed. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, uh despite themselves, you know, like it's, they, you, you will really, um, 
you'll really empathize and root for, for all three of these characters. And, and, and with those three books as a base, um, it's, it's, there's definitely like room to expand around the edges and, and uh, you know, holes to fill. But um, I, I feel like the identity of Skybound Comet, um, yeah, it came together because of who, what Skybound already was, what we've done well, and kind of like I talked about, just trying to do what we do but for for a, a wider, younger audience. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And then reaching out to people that we felt like could do that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and finding comics like Avis Demon and Scurry, which are web comics that, you know, have already been running that, that felt like they fit with, within that sort of uh, uh, mindset. So, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it, it, like you said, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and being that, that you had those first three as kind of a, a template, uh, and yeah, you know, the aesthetic you're going for. Um, so we, we mentioned that, that you mentioned the, the first three by name, we have Clementine, which is the walking dead Clementine, the, the, the walking dead video game, hugely successful. That's the interview everybody with Tilly Walden award-winning creator. That'll be coming up, uh, pretty soon uh, on the podcast. Also, uh, the sea serpents air and then uh, machine boy. So that's the first wave. And then the second wave, we have scurry. We have Ava's demon. We have outpost zero again, uh, collecting things that have been out there before, but getting them out to a, a wider audience. So yeah. uh, is it always going to be waves of three? Talk a little bit about kind of the, the release structure uh, in an ideal world. How many books would you be putting out? Are they going to be spaced out? They're going to come yeah. three at a time or, or what, yeah. what's the model? I think, I think our goal is you know six to eight a year i think ramping up to that we're not necessarily starting from that point Mm -hmm. um it's a luxury and a curse (laughs) at skybound to do so few books because um you get a chance to really work on things and make sure like I, i i part of um part of working in originals is, is building trust in with the creators and letting them know that like hey we're going to take care of you and make sure that we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that your book sells. And we're, you know, not, not in addition to working with you to create the best book possible, Mm -hmm. it's sort of from start to finish, you know, and, and beyond Uh, uh, this is a good place to do books. And so doing fewer books means I sound like Jerry Maguire, fewer (laughs) books (laughs) means you can spend more time uh, on everybody, uh, on everybody's book and everybody as a creator. And you could take advantage of, of um, you know, the, the unique things that, certain creators bring to the table rather than doing some kind of template for all books and just turning stuff out. It really is more of a boutique kind of feel right now uh, with, with Skybound as a whole, but, but definitely uh, Skybound Comet as well. You know, the, the, the downside to that is you only, you know, you have less shots <laughs> to, to hopefully strike it big and find your dog man. Um, but, uh, but we're, like I said, we're, we're very, very happy with all of these. And so, you know, hopefully they're all dog man, but we'll, we'll take, we'll take one or two for sure. Um, but yeah, as far as, uh, release, uh, like, uh, releasing three at a time, uh, I, I would say it's, it kind of just depends. We, we definitely have sort of two main seasons. We should be, you know, um, spring, summer, and then sort of fall, winter, mm-hmm. releasing them like that makes sense. We, we wanted to announce all three of our new books for, for 2023 at the same time, um, especially because Scurry and um, Ava's Demon, and actually all of them were already things that had already been sort of out there in various other forms. So uh, 
sort of and and I I really like the narrative of Scurry and Avis Demon specifically as like highly successful web comics that we're bringing into the fold. Um, you know, Avis Demon and Scurry Kickstarters are like some of the most funded Kickstarters of all time. In fact, I think uh, the last Avis Demon one at the time when it finished was the highest uh, funded web comic of all time. So. Um, they're announcing those all simultaneously just made sense uh, uh, from from us uh, from a company standpoint. But then we've also got you know Sea, uh, sea Serpent's Air Volume Two, Columbia Ten Volume Two coming out next year, and it just it didn't. I didn't want it, those books necessarily to take away from sort of announcing the new titles, and so that's why we grouped yeah. them the way that we did. But um, I think it really kind of just depends again on on the specific circumstance in the book and there may be situations in the future where we announce books by themselves there may be a situation in the future where we clump books together like we have been we just really want to do right by the books and the creators and um you know every every decision that we make is is uh is lamented over (laughs) and and poured over for for a long time so we really you know we try we try to do our best to to make sure that um we make the right decisions for the books and also let the creators know why we're making the decisions that we're making. And, and if, if in the spirit of image, which is our partner, you know, like the, the creator's voice and opinion and, you know, um, the, the, their, their strategy is also important. Their ideas for strategy is, is also really important. So it's really collaborative and, and we try to, you know, as successful as we can, make sure that we, we manage everybody's expectations and make everybody feel like we're doing the, the best we can by their, by their books. Yeah. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. And to go back to what we were talking about before, a very different animal than publishing monthly comics. Cause the other thing about sure. the space is, you know, book fairs and yeah, it makes sense oh, yeah. to do it, you know, <laughs> spring, summer, uh, you know, fall, winter before Christmas, that, that sort of thing, uh, kind of that almost that semester. Yeah. Model, uh, no, that's like every, every day I'm here, Machine Boy wanted to come out in September. It felt like a good back to school book. Right. Exactly. You know, uh, uh, Clementine, um, you know, LGBTQ author and lead character having that come out in June felt like a good time for yeah. that book. You know, there's, yeah, there will be spookier books coming up that I can't talk about yet that are, you know, definitely going to be more October, you know, uh, uh, fall themed books that uh, that makes sense. So, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of factors yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that go into these decisions. Yeah, exactly. And, and the other thing is, you know, I, I love how considerate you guys are in making those decisions and involving the creators, because here's the other uh, thing to go back to something else you mentioned earlier about this is long form, right? This is, you want these to stay in print or do more printings and, and, you know, be a constant revenue uh, source for the the creator. So you can't necessarily, oh, it's just the monthly churn and more is coming behind it. No, you know, you want this stuff to be evergreen. And so you got to put in the time and make sure you make the right decisions the first time around because you don't get a chance to make that decision for the first time chance to make a first impression i I totally agree yeah exactly so uh it makes it makes a lot of sense well alex thank you so much for uh for joining us i really uh, appreciate it uh everybody you can go check out skybound uh comet at the skybound website so it's skybound.com forward slash comet I'll put a link in the show notes as well. And then you uh, you guys have a social media presence for the comment line as well. Alex, yep. you want to share at, uh, what that is? At, at Skybound Comment. It's real simple. <laughs> uh, you know, you can follow me. You can follow Skybound. Um, yeah, we're, we're, at, we're out there. You'll, you'll find us. Um, and uh, definitely follow our, all of our creators as well. 
Um, yeah. And I'll put uh, links, everybody, to uh, the Skybound Comet social media in the show notes as well, uh, as well as Alex's. Uh, where's the best place? Twitter, Instagram. What are you most active? For, for me? Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly, probably Twitter. Okay. So I'll put a link to Alex's Twitter uh, in the show notes uh, as well. So, uh, and don't forget uh, interview with Tilly Walden for Clementine is coming up uh, in a few uh, days time as well. That's a fantastic book. Tilly and I had an awesome conversation about it. Can't wait for you all to hear it. So uh, again, Alex, thanks so much. Uh, I'm very excited for you. All this uh, hard work of the last two years, pretty soon, some of these babies are going to be out there in the world and you'll get to, uh, you'll <laughs> get to you, see Jay, people's uh, reactions. So. I really, really appreciate that. And, and yeah, let me know what you think of the books. I, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what you have to say. Yeah, definitely. Like yeah, definitely. We'll be reaching out. We'll be covering them uh, on the show as well, everybody. So uh, to all you listeners, we want to thank you for your support and for joining us as always. And to Alex, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So that's going to do it for this episode, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Please tell your friends about us. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Google Play, or whatever platform you use. The ratings really help with our visibility and our ability to reach new listeners, especially five-star reviews on Apple. Also, be sure to visit us at lrmonline.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover all our other great pop culture content. If you want to email us, the email address is thecomicsourceblog at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash thecomicsource. Do a search for The Comic Source on Facebook and Instagram to follow us on those social platforms. All three spots are great places to find out when we release new episodes as well as follow all our convention coverage. The Comic Source is a member of the LRM Podcast Network, so when you visit the site, be sure to check out some of our other podcasts like Los Fanboys, our official movie and TV podcast hosted by Joseph Jammer Medina, Netflix and Chill hosted by Nick and Carrie, covering a wide variety of film and television topics with Game of Thrones and Star Wars as particular favorites, And finally, Mike and Mark's Marvelous Adventures, as these two former athletes share their love of sports and geek culture by chatting about anything and everything sports and geek related. So once again, we want to thank everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.